the music, so I've been doing some experimentation, playing easy listening, middle of the road type stuff, you know, Paul Young, Gus from the Wind, that works okay. Works Dig for me. Loves Jackie Wilson. Okay, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. But your kids are gonna love it. Hello, old sport. You are listening to I Saw It in a Movie an advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I am the old sport in classic corner, Rosalie Kicks, and this is my film pal, The Red Herring. Ryan Silverstein. And each episode, we take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. So, hey, Ryan, how's it going? It's going pretty well. It's uh, another week here in my house um yes which is you know getting back to normal but at least at least i have the movies i may not have new movies but i have the movies um yeah so what is your flick pick this week have you watched something good um good is maybe a stretch but i watched something that was interesting (laughs) to me how's that okay um so with the upcoming release of the new godzilla versus king kong that is coming out at some point in the future because I don't remember when it's supposed to come out at this point. But um, I decided I should try to watch all of the Kong films um, because I've seen the original. I have I saw the Peter Jackson one when it was in theaters. haven't revisited it. Um, I've seen Kong Skull Island. I haven't seen the 70s one yet. But uh, when this popped up on TCM, I decided that I should include Conga. Have you seen Conga, Rosalie? I have not. But was this on the TCM app? It was. It's also on Prime. Um, Okay. Because I remember, like, recently, just this past week, when I was scrolling through the TCM app, I saw a picture for it. And it looked ridiculous. Well, I'm going to describe it as bananas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. um, But I feel like I've seen a trailer for this at previous Exhumed Films events. Um, where they play old trailers between the movies and things. Um, So this is a British giant gorilla movie in which um, Michael Goff, who played uh, Batman's butler in the, um, like the Michael Keaton uh, era Uh, movies. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, He plays a man, a mad scientist, and he's working with these plants that he feeds meat, like raw meat. Um, and he's making like growth hormones and he injects a chimpanzee that he has brought back with him from the jungle to grow into a human sized ape, uh, that then does his dirty work. So he like gets in a disagreement with like the Dean at his college. And so he sends Conga to take him out. This um, like really sounds like a Bela picture. It totally I, could be a Bela picture, but it gets crazier than that because he also, there's a young student that he has his eye on and he like oh g- gaslights her and like sends Conga after her boyfriend. And then in the finale, uh, Conga gets I- injected with even more of this like growth hormone or whatever, this growth serum. Um, and that leads to this amazing one, one of two amazing quotes I need to share with you from this movie. Um, okay. so one of the British, like on the radio, like they're warning people, 
Um, there's a huge monster gorilla that's constantly growing to outlandish proportions loose in the streets. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the, like, it's one where, like, that, like, the giant gorilla part of this is, like, the last, like, 10 minutes of the movie, but there's enough other crazy, wild things that happen over the course of it that I was entertained the entire time. Um, the good doctor and his wife also bicker. Uh, to, at one point, she goes, what are you having with your poached egg? Murder? Yes. Um. So I, I, like I said, I don't know if I would say it's a good film, but I was highly entertained by Conga. Well, there seemed to be, I feel, especially like in the 40s and such, like there seemed to be a trend with making these movies with apes mm -hmm. because I just was looking up while you were talking so that I would remember correctly, I did see a Bella Lugosi picture called The Ape Man. And it basically kind of a similar plot, except he plays a mad scientist and he turns himself into like a half ape. I see. But like accidentally. And I even think there is a Boris Karloff movie too with an ape, but I haven't seen that one. I think I just like saw that it existed and was like, I had enough of this. And I'm sure somewhere down the road I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. But the ape man with Bella was, I mean, it was one of those, it was not great, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. And this is 61. Um, so it's. Oh, okay. Later. Yeah. It's, it's later, but it, it definitely fits in with like, it feels like a 50s sci-fi movie. Yeah, probably like by the 60s, people were like, oh, we haven't done one of those pictures about apes mm -hmm. in a while. Mm -hmm. Let's let's do that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'll watch that, but I liked listening to you describe it. Excellent. Uh, what, <laughs> what have you watched recently, Rosalie? So mine too does also come from the TCM app, and I watched it the other night which I do own this movie, but I was flipping through on, you know, the streaming platforms and was like, oh, I'll put this on because I'm too lazy to go down into our library and get it. Uh, but I just watched the 1944 flick Arsenic in Old Lace again. And to me, like this is an oldie, but a goodie. I have watched it several times and I feel I have talked about it to different people and have gotten them to watch it. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. But it stars Cary Grant, Priscilla Lane, and Raymond Massey. And essentially the story is about this guy, Mortimer Brewster, who is played by Cary Grant. And I will say this is like a picture that is very different from how you normally see Carrie. Carrie is such a ham in this movie. You've seen it, right? I have seen it. I actually saw it for the first time last October. Um, Jill and I watched it in a graveyard and we covered it on the Shame Files podcast. That's right. I remember you saying about the graveyard part because I think that's so cool. Yeah, because this is kind of like a comedy horror. Mm -hmm. um, a macabre anyway, comedy. Yes, I think that is an excellent way to describe it. 
But yeah, so Carrie plays Mortimer Brewster, and he is a dramatic critic, and he learns that on his wedding day that his sweet little old aunts are actually murdering people and burying them in the basement. And essentially from there, just mayhem ensues uh, because Carrie is completely freaked out by learning about this. And on top of that, his murderous brother, Jonathan, who essentially looks like Boris Karloff, shows up. And he's looking for a place to hide out. So as Carrie's finding out about his aunt's committing murder, he's also dealing with his convict brother. And just some of my favorite things in this movie, I love Cary Grant. I, I will pretty much watch anything with him in it, but I also especially love him in this. It makes me sad that he didn't like his portrayal in this. And I don't know if you know that. Uh, that I didn't know, but I I enjoy his performance a lot. I think he's actually a really gifted comedic actor. And, right. mm-hmm. you know, I, I always love when I come across an old comedy and, like, even while we were watching it outside in the graveyard, everyone was laughing out loud because the humor in this, to me, most of it feels very timeless. Yeah, and I agree with you. He is so gifted at, you know, doing a comedy, which I think is really difficult, Mm -hmm. you know, to actually get people to laugh. Uh, And so when I had come across an article, you know, and actually it was also in his daughter um, wrote a book about him. And she mentioned that people loved him in this movie and he just really didn't like it. He felt the performance was so over the top. So he never revisited the picture and he would get kind of a little upset when people would, you know, say, I loved you in that. Uh, But yeah, sorry, Carrie. I think you're great in it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I don't think his performance is that over the top compared to the rest of the movie. Like, I think it fits in really well. And he always feels like a normal person that has walked into a very abnormal situation. Right. Which, yeah, the movie is wild. Like, the second thing that I love about it is obviously the poison And specifically that it's these little old ladies administering arsenic. And the little old ladies, like, they kind of remind me of, like, someone you'd run into at, like, a church bake sale Mm -hmm. selling, like, banana cupcakes. And you'd be like, you would trust them immediately. And, like, they probably make the best cupcake you've ever had. So I would probably be poisoned. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you know, but uh, Boris Karloff actually did play Jonathan in the stage version when they were making the the film. Yes, that I knew, but I forget the reason as to why he wasn't in the film. I feel it was like a scheduling conflict. They, uh, the producers of the play, wanted him to stay because he was a ticket draw and they were worried that the film version would cannibalize that if everybody like if they brought brought over everybody oh so it was like more about money of course yeah but i I, 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 I was gonna say i I like 
I like that the movie is funny. I also like that like it's actually really deep when you think about it in terms of the little old ladies, like their whole family has been in America since like the Mayflower, and there are secrets and bodies buried in the basement. And it's very ref- it's very reflective of, you know, I think a lot of the things that have been going on in the world right now in terms of how we're reexamining American history again. Right. You know, and that there are all these, you know, things that we don't like to talk about because they make us uncomfortable. So we just sort of bury them in the basement. Yeah. And I mean, just two other, you know, things too I like about it is that it's set on Halloween, but it's not like this outright horror movie. Mm Mm-hmm. It just has those elements, and I like that. Because to your point, it's a pretty smart movie. And, well, story in general. Mm -hmm. So I like that about it. And then I also love that Peter Laurie is in it, because he's great. He is great. And again, like, he's so over the top in, like, all of his performances that, like, again, I feel like Cary... Like, I I just feel like Cary Grant is really doing a good job playing a normal person that is extremely freaked out by what he's discovering. (laughs) Right. And yeah, everybody's somewhat being over the top. I mean, there's a character that thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my pick for this week because rewatching it, uh, it just made me remember how much I love it, but it actually came in my mind to rewatch it because my film pal Liz Locke of Cinema Sips, and she also writes for Movie John, we've been doing these happy hours on Fridays and we take turns like picking a movie to watch. And it's typically something like I'll pick something she hasn't seen mm-hmm. and she'll pick something I haven't seen. And this week we picked Arsenic and Old Lace because she hasn't seen it. And I cannot wait to see the drink she comes up with. I was just about to say that. Um, Yeah, because she pairs drinks with the movie and it's typically like the ingredients have something to do with an event or just something about the movie that happened. I'm looking forward to how she disguises arsenic. (laughs) Well, hopefully that is not in her own personal drink. Right. But in other people, fine. (laughs) (laughs) all right so are you ready for this week's question i am okay hi gang i'm looking for a movie with a rip roaring soundtrack something that feels like a party from start to finish when i put it on can you help me party time patrice so i loved this question and It took me some time to really think about it since Party Time Patrice was looking for an album. I feel that she could play from start to finish, but she also wanted to watch the movie, you know? So, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I really like songs that are featured in a film, but the film's just, like, meh. And there's a lot of times where the soundtrack album might only have like one or two good songs and the rest is like kind of filler. Which I am so glad you brought up because I came up with a list and I want to share it with you Sure. before I actually reveal my pick because I totally agree. I often like will find like, oh, there's maybe like one or two songs that I like 
but then the rest of the album is not like worth buying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find that to be frustrating, but I will admit I am a sucker for soundtracks because they are movie related and like movies are cool. So like when Ben and I go thrift storing or yard sailing, I will always buy a soundtrack. Like if I see it out in the wild, like I want to rescue it because it deals with movies. So sometimes I do have soundtracks that I only listen to like a song on it. Yeah, I tried to think of ones where I would buy the album on vinyl because it's very difficult to skip tracks. Right. That is a very good point. Um, Whereas if it's a CD, you can obviously skip around if you mm -hmm. don't like a track and it it's easy to do that. I... I do love, though, when soundtracks feature old-timey songs. Like, I I love Roy Orbison or Buddy Holly. If they're on it, like, I'm probably going to buy it. Uh, but gimmicky songs aren't bad either, because I was thinking, I I love when they have, like, a tie-in song to mm -hmm. a movie. Yep. So, like, I even like Wild Wild West. I like that song. <laughs> I do like Even that song. It's very catchy. I I don't like the movie, but I was imagining what if like a film like Valerian had a song. That'd be great. Right. Um, and I miss seeing movies have a song that, you know, is a tie-in, but then also you would get a music video out of it. And that doesn't seem to really happen as much. Uh, so I have two really random examples of this that I have to share that are not my pick. Um, That's fine. And then I will share my my list that I have since I've been dragging that out. So okay. go ahead with your two things. So the song, the first track on the Days of Thunder soundtrack um, okay. is The Last Note of Freedom by David Coverdale. The song is ridiculous and over the top, but... What I enjoy about it is that they use guitar licks from Hans Zimmer's score for the film okay. as part of that song. <laughs> so like the main like guitar theme that's on the score um, is incorporated into that song. And wow. so like to me, like it, it always makes me feel like I'm watching the movie. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to share is a movie. It, this is like my third runner up. I actually couldn't pick between two different soundtracks but this was like my third runner-up um <laughs> and it's the soundtrack to the 1989 film the mighty quinn starring denzel washington okay so i actually went to ebay to buy this soundtrack after i watched it because the film is named after uh a bob dylan song a quinn the eskimo Oh, okay. And so this takes place in, on a tropical island. Denzel is a, he's like a, I think he's a PI. He's either a PI or a cop, but I think he's a PI. And the entire soundtrack is like reggae music. So there's like UB40. Um, you know, there's a bunch of other artists that I'm not familiar with, but the, the, the last track is a song, is a reggae cover of Bob Dylan's Quinn the Eskimo that is featured in the movie. And I was like, wow. I need to own this. And it's not, you know, it's one of those albums that is not available streaming anywhere. So I had to okay. I had to go to eBay to get the CD because I needed to have it. 
on demand. Well, and I've noticed that with older soundtracks, it's hard to find them streaming. Mm -hmm. I, I've run into that myself, and I think it's because they're trying to get you to buy like the individual songs. Right, or they don't have and, the rights to stream all the songs. So there'll be like four of right. like the 12 mm -hmm. songs will be available. Right. So one thing, I guess, while I was doing this, like one, it was very hard to like pick one particular soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like I was saying earlier on, that I find there's one or two songs in particular that I like, but the rest of the album I don't. So I came up with this for for Patrice. I came up with this movie mixtape, which you would be surprised with the technology out there now. Like I just bought a boombox that it looks like it's from the 80s, but it has all this new fandangle like tech. I can put a USB stick. I can stream to this thing and while I am streaming or using a USB stick to put the files, I can record onto a cassette tape. So it's really cool. Uh, but I wanted to share just a list of songs, if you don't mind. Absolutely. That I love, but I don't really particularly love the soundtrack. And so my first one is the Men in Black song mm -hmm. by Will Smith from the original men in black movie i love that song it's i actually song. have the cd and i'll tell you i've only gotten past like track two i think that's one I of the first <laughs> cds that i ever bought because oh, i would have wow. been like i would have been like 11 at the time you probably thought you were so cool i did and then <laughs> i mean you know i've never been cool but i i still have that cd in my library i mostly listen to the title men in black track and then i think it's like the last two tracks are like the dan like danny elfman score tracks yeah i've never gotten that far <laughs> but i love that song and the music video is cool mm -hmm. now the second song i picked was cosmic woman performed by christian winter aka will forte in the film Extraordinary. And I don't know if you've seen that movie. I've not seen that, but I feel like it just popped up somewhere. I feel like I saw somebody talking about it the other day, and I was like, oh, I should probably watch that movie. So Ben and I saw it at the Philadelphia Film Festival last year, and we both loved it. I mean, it's essentially like a ghost story, but it's really, really fun and, well, and funny. And I highly recommend you checking it out. And I think you've been seeing more about it because the Blu-ray was just released. And then I believe it's like streaming now. Mm, that's probably why. So, so it's like popped up. Yeah, please do. I think you will find it to be a real hoot. And the song in it is hilarious. You can stream the song on YouTube. It's out there. Yeah, I will. I'll have to wait until after I see the film because I don't want to be yeah. spoiled on. Yeah. And there's like a whole music video, too, which is cool. The The third song I had on the mixtape was the Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice mm -hmm. from Classic. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
So my brother and Rosalie, I have to interrupt you because the song is from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Oh, yes. Yes, Secret of the Ooze. I actually have that written down Okay. But I just got so excited to tell you (laughs) that my brother and I had that cassette tape and like we loved it. We absolutely made my mom listen to that song too many times. That's a 90s kid classic. Yeah. So that song made my tape. And the fourth one, More by Madonna, which is from Dick Tracy. Mm. Ben hates that song because I recently just purchased the Dick Tracy soundtrack again because I owned it in my past life. But then, long story, I sold all of my CDs and now I'm slowly rebuying them back, which is very strange. But I had the CD and I just bought it again from eBay for $2. Well, and and you're, well you're building a Dick Tracy museum in your home, so... I am, yes. I now own all the Dick Tracy dolls, which mm-hmm. that was exciting. I They were like 75 bucks on eBay. No, I made an offer to the guy. 50. He countered. 55. Sold. <laughs> That's like great, because there's like six of them. So it's less than $10 a doll. That's a good deal. And yes. again, and I feel like I feel like at some point we need to program like a 90s or like a, a 80s 90s 2000s movies that are 30s period pieces. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I I would love that. So that made my list even though Ben finds it to be an excruciating song. I enjoy it. Number five, Dance With Me Tonight, performed by The Wonders from That Thing You Do, which I know you are a fan. I'm a big fan. Because you've spoke about that movie before. I like that soundtrack. I think it's really fun. Number six, Danger Zone, performed by Kenny Loggins from Top Gun. And here's the thing. I only watched Top Gun like two years ago. For the first time. That movie is great. It is. I I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, No, see, that's that's an example, though, of, like, I really like that song. But then, like, I've tried listening to the rest of the soundtrack. Except there's another song I like that I'm drawing a blank on. And I'll look it up while you're talking. Um, Well, I mean. I don't. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I actually like most of the songs on that soundtrack because not only do you get, you know, 80s, like it's an 80s classics like um, uh, Danger Zone, but you get Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. Uh, you get Playing With The Boys. You get Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Uh, and Thank then you, you also get Take My Breath Away. That was the song. That song is I great. I love that song. Um. And then, you know, but you also get like Otis Redding and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's a nice mix of 80s and 50s, which I'm going to say, tipping my hand a little bit, my two picks kind of fall in a similar area. Okay. So then that one I feel can be on like a, a back burner. Okay. Like for Patrice. And I'm almost done. I'm halfway through my list. 
So I hope this isn't bothering you. I'm not bothered at all. I just want a copy of this mix, uh, preferably oh. on cassette. Okay, I can do that because I have a mixtape maker now. Excellent. So number seven, Goodbye Horses by Lazarus, which is from Silence of the Lambs. Fantastic. Which that song, I will never not see Buffalo Bill dancing. Yeah, it's funny because uh, my wife and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago. And I was like, do you think that they, one, regret that that song is used for that scene? Or two, are just happy that the royalties and like people are aware who that? Because I would not have heard of them if it wasn't for Silence of the Lambs. Right. And it's interesting because I feel like Ben has listened to other songs by theirs. And when he first, like, and this was, like, when we were first dating, he, like, played this song, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Buffalo Bill song. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize it was a band. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. We just bought The Silence of the Lambs Criterion. It was a last-minute purchase before the sale was over. And I hadn't seen the movie in quite a bit quite a long time and i rewatched it the other night before i went to bed and that was a mistake <laughs> i love that movie a lot and that criterion edition is fantastic it is it has so much like so many cool special features obviously haven't checked them all out yet but mm -hmm. i'm excited to watch the commentary because it has uh the director demi and then also jodie foster and i think anthony hopkins doing the commentary from the 90s so that's pretty cool that is really cool yes so number eight is heartbeat by red seven and this is from manhunter which basically i was remembering i liked this song after i put the silence of the lambs on because manhunter is the first movie that was made about hannibal lecter and I don't know if you have seen Manhunter. I've not. So Silence of the Lambs is the only Hannibal Lecter film that I've seen. I did pick okay. up the Hannibal Blu-ray that Kino Lorber did. And I need to pull the trigger on getting Manhunter so I can do a proper, you know, Hannibal Lecter um, chronological watch. And then I'll dive back into the delicious Hannibal television show. Yeah. Well, the show is amazing. Uh I think you would like Manhunter. I'm interested to see what you think after you watch it. It's very different than Silence of the Lambs, but mm -hmm. different in a good way. And I really like that movie. Uh, number nine is We'll Meet Again, performed by Vera Lynn. And I know that this was referenced in Dr. Strangelove. But apparently when I was doing my research, I found out and kind of forgot about this part, but it was in Kong Skull Island as well. Apparently, John C. Riley was singing it. And then they did put the song on the soundtrack, like the actual song. Kong and Skull I Island didn't... is a wild movie. <laughs> I didn't particularly care for it, but... Yeah, it's a very wild movie. I liked John C. Riley in it. He was definitely my favorite part of that film. I would agree. Yeah, I felt like he he just like took the role into his own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, 
He if I have committed. to be in this, he's like, if I have to be in this thing, I'm just going to be absolutely wild. And yeah, he was like the only part I enjoyed. But I didn't remember him singing that song, but apparently he does. Number 10 is the Friday the 13th part three theme, which is very disco-y. Mm-hmm. But I like it. Like there's no there's no words or anything. It's just, you know, instrumental. But I don't know. I really like that. And then number 11 is The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. And I just have to mention, like, this is what was so hard about this, because I do love the Back to the Future soundtrack. And I do find it to be, you know, rip roaring. But like, it's not something that I listen to all the way through, I would say. Like, some, I have to be in the mood. Like, sometimes I'll listen to a song from it. And then I'll switch to something else. Right. But I don't know if you ever got into the show Mr. Robot, but uh, there was. Not. Okay. Well, there was an episode, I Love Mr. Robot, which I kind of just watched an episode on, on a whim. And then I just got obsessed with it. And there is an episode, I forget what season, but. They utilize the Back to the Future soundtrack through the whole episode. Oh, that's cool. So, and the songs like correlate to like what's happening because essentially, like the shows, I didn't watch the last season yet. I've been saving it. But essentially, it seems to have the show has something to do with like time travel. So there's a lot of Back to the Future elements. Like at one point they go to the movies to see Back to the Future and like dress up like the characters. So I love it. All right. Two more songs. All right. 12. The Hell of It by Paul Williams, which is from Phantom of the Paradise, which I would say was also a contender. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or soundtrack pick. Because that movie, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's really rocking. It's a party. Yeah, and like all the songs are really fun. And I definitely can listen to the soundtrack all the way through. And then lastly on the mix is really anything from True Stories, which I recently bought that from the criterion and i love that you get the soundtrack with the movie oh really that's cool yeah and the release is really nicely done i think there's a poster as well like a fold-up poster that came with it but i love talking heads and so that soundtrack's really great too but ultimately the soundtrack that i picked Hold on to your britches, Ryan. Okay. I picked the 1987 soundtrack and flick, Dirty Dancing. Fantastic. So, like, just to dissect this pretty quickly here, I think it's a perfectly made soundtrack, but I also love the way that the songs are utilized in the film because it's definitely one of those oh if i hear the song i like immediately picture the movie mm-hmm. and i've seen the movie quite a number of times but i wouldn't say that i've watched it like 
as much as I've seen Back to the Future or something. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen Dirty Dancing a good amount. But the songs that I love the most, I I love I've Had the Time of My Life with Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Mm -hmm. I love Be My Baby from the Renettes. Because again, it has like this mix of like poppy songs and then older songs. Uh, the She's Like the Wind. I love that song. And Hungry Eyes. Well, real quick, going back to Be My Baby, that might be my favorite pop song of all time. It's so good. And that's another song, too, that was utilized very wonderfully in the show Bates Motel, mm. which that show I almost gave up on. And then my friend Ashley Jane convinced me, like, no, you need to get past season one. It gets really good. And she was totally right. And throughout, like, from season two on, I think there's like five seasons altogether, they incorporate all of this old music because that's what uh, Norman and uh, Norma, his mom, they listen to like all of these old like hit songs. And that tunes was one of their favorite songs. Yes. Tunes <laughs> with Mother. And yeah, so I really like that song too. Uh, if we ever do a movie John radio station where we play tunes, there will be a oldies with mother segment. <laughs> Which I would curate. Obviously. Probably with Ashley Jane's help though, because mm -hmm. I feel like she is also as big of a psycho fan as I am. Uh but yeah, then the other the other two songs that I really like, I mean, I like the whole soundtrack, but the You Don't Own Me and Hey Baby. But like I said, there's just, I think that this is such a fun watch. I like how all the music is utilized. And whenever I hear songs, I think of that movie, you know? And so I think that's what Patrice is looking for. Because you want to watch a fun movie if you're looking for something that's rip-roaring, mm -hmm. you know? So, I don't know. I Like, what did you pick? What? How did you answer? So, like I said, it came down to two, to two movies. And I was thinking of soundtrack first because I was like, what's something that, like, if I was hosting a party, I could put this record on. I wouldn't have to worry about skipping tracks. Wouldn't have to worry about, like, you know... It changing the like something that has good energy all the way through and that is both like interesting and fun and like a little a little kitschy a little corny because I feel like that's a sweet spot for me when I am putting together party music like people like you know like that like oh that's funny that you're putting the song on but not in a way that like is like super ironic but just in a something you wouldn't expect but is very you know has that party feel to it right so um so I ended up as my, I'm going to call this like my runner up. Cause I think thinking of the way the music is incorporated in the movie, I have a clear like one, two here, but I need to share both. So my runner up is the 1989 film Ghostbusters two. Yes. <laughs> so the, not all of these songs are prominent in the movie. A few of them are. So you get a, cover of the ghostbusters theme that was done by ray parker jr this time is covered by run dmc so it's a little more on the rap side um you get 
On Our Own and We're Back, both by Bobby Brown, which are fantastic songs. Um, you get Spirit by Dougie Fresh. You get uh, Flesh and Blood, but an Oingo Boingo track that was like put on the soundtrack and then Danny Elfman was pissed they didn't use more of it in the movie. Um, and then you get Love is a Cannibal, which is an Elton John song. So I, lo- I like how these have like spooky themes to it. Uh, as well and then it ends with Howard Huntsbury covering Jackie Wilson's Higher and Higher which is used very prominently in the end of the movie so music plays more of a direct role in Ghostbusters 2 than in uh, the first movie but I think the soundtrack really just captures the whole vibe of it yeah I actually think that was another cassette tape that we had which made me remember like just driving around with my mom in her van (laughs) she had this Mazda van and my brother and I you know of course had cassette tapes that she would let us play and that was one of them along with the Dirty Dancing soundtrack because my mom liked it and then we also had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one And I do remember at one point when I was little, her van got broken into, like, just in our driveway, but, like, not physically broken into. My parents never locked their cars, Mm. but, like, somebody at night, like, just went in and took all of our cassette tapes. (laughs) Like, we were devastated. My brother was really upset about the Turtles one, and I remember he had a Simpsons tape. I think, like, there were, like, Bart Simpson, like, rap songs on it or something. (laughs) But, like, we were devastated that our tapes were gone. But that's all they took. Like, they didn't take my mom's, like, change or anything. It was really weird. So, I don't know. Maybe someone was spying on our cassette, like, the cassettes we owned. Maybe. Um, That's that's a shame that those are sort of lost to to time. Um, Well... I have, I, I will say, you know, again, going to thrift stores or yard sales, you find these things because I I did pick up a Dirty Dancing on cassette and I believe we have a ghost, we have the first Ghostbusters. I don't think we have the second, but now I'm going to be on the hunt for it. You should be. Because like I said, I think, I think while the first one is clearly a better movie, I actually think the, it's like the second one almost has like a sleeper soundtrack because you put it on and you're like, all right, all of these songs are good. And like I said, it, right. it's a, it's good for a Halloween party because it's spooky, but it's very dancey and, and fun. And uh, it kind of crosses genres between that like 80s new wave and hip hop. And um, so it's really good. But my number one pick, this is a, a soundtrack that I've put on many times. And this is a film that also has that phenomenon where they release a soundtrack CD and then they release a second one that's like more music from you know, whatever the film is. And this is like almost for the morning after a party is like, like it would work in a party for sure. But to me, this is like, I picture like the parties happened, you're getting up the next day, people have slept over and you're making breakfast. People are slowly getting up. This is the soundtrack album you put on and it's uh, 1983's The Big Chill. Oh, we have that one. That's a good one. Yeah, because... It has all classic tracks from the 60s up until like 1970, 71. 
but you get Marvin Gaye, you get The Temptations, you get Three Dog Night, you get Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson. Um, it it's just back to back to back hits because you know in and the songs are all very prominent in the movie because it really you know it's capturing the sort of um, you know it's all about this generation of people like it's it's a baby boomer movie about you know, these people growing up with this music and this is kind of like the soundtrack of their lives. And, you know, they're all reconnecting for a funeral. And so, you know, as they reminisce, they're listening to all of the music that has had a lot of meaning for them. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. I think I've only seen it like one time, but I remember liking it. Yeah. I own the Criterion release. Uh, nice. Yeah. And it's, it's really well, it, it's a movie I enjoy despite, um, you know, being very pro-generational warfare when it comes to millennials versus boomers. This is like one piece of boomer culture that I'm perfectly okay with. Right. That's funny. Well, I think we gave Patrice a lot of different options here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with you saying about the list that I read, I will post the choices on the website moviejohn.com so if anybody's interested actually ben even recommended when i was telling him what i was talking about today he's like you guys should make a spotify spotify playlist and i was like yeah that's easy enough so i will try to compile the different options here and put them in a list usually most of the songs are on spotify but if not you know We'll we'll do our best. We'll do our best to work with within streaming. Right. Uh, it's funny. I actually make a movie music playlist. I don't have Spotify, um, but I make a movie music playlist every year where I include songs that were used in movies that I enjoy. Oh, that's cool. Um, where do you do that at? Uh, I do. I, I'm still on iTunes because that's where I've just been using for the past you know ten or twelve years at this point. Um, right. And- I will say iTunes is one of those things. It's hard to break up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as things come out, I'll usually just add them. 2020 has um, been a struggle. But uh, like last sure. year, I ended up with like 75 songs um, oh, pulled from various cool. soundtracks, um, you know, ranging everything from. And it doesn't matter if the movie is good or not. It's more about if I like the music as used right. in the movie or um you know, like I really enjoyed the soundtrack from Motherless Brooklyn of all movies. Um, you know, and there's the uh, Ariana Grande song from Charlie's Angels last year. So um, anything that sticks out in my mind is memorable. I try to add to this sort of running playlist. And then I have a nice, like, you know, interesting, very weird compilation of, of songs. That's cool. I am actually going to be working on my Halloween mix very soon, because as you know, I'm planning to do like a virtual Halloween party since we're all going to be stuck inside. And we want to have essentially a mixtape that can play like during intermission when we're not showing the movies. So we want to be able to share that with our attendees. So I'm going to be working on that. And I love Halloween. So I have a nine-hour Halloween playlist. Um, You have to share that. So I I can definitely share it with you. I'll share one for our listeners as well. That's 
I think oh, pretty awesome. obscure because I only came across it in the last year or two. But it's by Dave Edmonds, uh, E-D-M-U-N-D-S. I've never listened to any other music that he's ever done. But I came okay. across a song uh, that he did that is a tribute entitled The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, my God. And I it's need like, to hear this. It's like a country rock ballad about the creature. <laughs> And it's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I have this dream about, I, and you probably remember when Ashley Jane was on the show, she plays a lot of different instruments and is super talented. She's doing the score for my short film that I made with Katie McBrown, Pizza Man. The score so far sounds amazing, but I want to write a song about Bella Lugosi and I want Ashley to like put music to it so that is going to happen in the future at some point but I want to hear this creature song all right I will you should definitely look it up and then I will send you uh my Halloween playlist so that you you can you can crib from it as much as you you know maybe I should make like this Bella Lugosi song like a goal for the virtual Halloween party and like unveil it that would be fantastic. I think I'm going to. All right. This was a super fun question. I'm so glad it got sent in. So before we sign off, don't forget that you can find a breakdown of the episodes on moviejohn.com, where you can also subscribe to our quarterly print movie zine, which you should step right up and witness the latest issue, which just arrived today. So it's going to start shipping out and it features carnival circus and state fair films so you can find that at moviejohn.com shop and then you can also follow the show i saw it in a movie on twitter at i saw it in a movie and if you're seeking advice you can message us there or email at dear i saw it in a movie at gmail.com you can also send us postal mail And I think now more than ever, you should be sending postal mail. Uh, But you can can send it to P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA, 19145, Attention Movie John. And Ryan, where can people find you at? Sure. Uh, You can find me on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd at Silver Whatever. That's with a B. Uh, and you can listen to my other podcasts, uh, the Shame Files podcast, um, or my Formula One podcast, F yeah, F1, uh, that I do wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, if you're listening to it on an app, or you can Google it, and they will definitely come up. Yeah, and as for me, you can find me on Instagram at the.oldsport, or Twitter at bonjouroldsport. Also check out my other podcast, Cinematic Crypt, in which I go six feet under to uncover films of Hollywood's past. Find it wherever you catch your pods or download at moviejohn.com under MJ Pods. And before we go, uh, Ryan, do you have a piece of advice for Patrice? I do. And this comes from uh, Michael, who is played in The Big Jill by Jeff Goldblum. And he is there at the wake. Um, and he says, amazing tradition. They throw a great party for you on the one day they know you can't come. 
It is kind of sad. It is, but it's also sardonic, which I appreciate. Although I will say like any funeral, I don't know, I guess you call it a party, awake. I have never liked the food. (laughs) It always tends to be like weird old people food. I will say when I do write a will, it'll be in my will that I want my funeral to be as fun as possible for the people attending. I want it to feel like a celebration of who I was and not a mourning and not like I want people to miss me, of course, but I want them to have a good time. Yeah, like no egg salad. Egg salad is, egg salad is, should, I I keep social distancing rules for egg salad. Um, Six feet away at least. I don't mind egg salad, but it's like at a funeral, no. Like you should have pizza. There shouldn't be mayonnaise at a funeral. (laughs) No mayonnaise. I do like the occasional mayonnaise like on a sandwich but i i would agree i think it should be all like pizza mm-hmm. french fries mozzarella sticks yeah comfort mm-hmm. yep agreed i'm glad we've figured this out <laughs> uh and and what about you rosalie do you have a piece of advice to share i do and mine is compliments of baby houseman from dirty dancing which until i looked this up i did not know her last name was houseman but okay i thought it was in a corner (laughs) so she said i'm scared of everything i'm scared of what i saw i'm scared of what i did of who i am and most of all i'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my whole life the way that i feel when i'm with you and i feel what that means is that sometimes it's okay to be scared and sometimes it's the scary moments that lead to the best moments so you should put yourself out there try new things and maybe it will lead to an opportunity of jumping in Swayze's arms so that could be fun uh but thanks for listening and this was a lot of fun Ryan this was great uh, and I'm looking forward to getting that uh, mixtape in the mail. Cool. And for our listeners out there, remember, for every question, there's a movie with the answer. And until next time, I'm going to go watch Dirty Dancing now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. A spaceship landed on the lawn. We danced until the dawn with the swan.